Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Date Me or Hate Me, a podcast all about dating. I am glad to see, quote, you guys here. And thank you, as always, for bearing with me. You know how it is. I've been a little discouraged, I guess, with the podcast. Um, Like a year ago, I feel like I was getting some more traction. And maybe it's because, you know, the world was shut down. Who knows? But, you know, I just feel like it's not reaching as many people as it once was. I hope you guys are still enjoying it. Um, As I always mention, you know, feel free to send me a message of things you guys want to hear specifically of any like feedback, anything like that. Cause of course I want to make episodes that you guys really want to listen to that you're really interested in. And yeah, so I guess I've just been a little bit discouraged about it. I mean, life has been a little hectic lately and next month in May, it's also going to be a little hectic. So I will say already bear with me if the podcast episode schedule is a little off. May is like basically something going on like every single week in May. So again, please just like bear with me a little bit as I'm like dealing with all that. You guys are awesome for, you know, being here still. So I really appreciate that. So I just wanted to let you know if it gets a little off kilter sometimes. I hope you guys don't mind. Of course, I'll always like post the episodes when they come out and everything like that. And of course, get your feedback and things like that. And again, please, please, please let me know if there's anything you specifically want to hear on the podcast, any like certain topic. If you have like a dating or relationship situation you want my feedback on, feel free to send me a DM. I will not use any, you know, personal information. I've never done that in the whole history of this podcast. So don't be worried about like your information being out there, your name, their name, that type of stuff will not be, you know, publicly announced on here. So yeah, I just wanted to start with that because of course May is literally in like two days, which is insane. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a little crazy. So bear with me. I appreciate you guys as always. A little life update on me. Um, It's actually hilarious and I'm sure I'll give you guys like an episode or, you know, some topics on this later. But as you know, or you might know, I work at a bridal salon. So it's actually hilarious. We got these new dresses in to kind of see if we wanted to carry the designer because the owner really likes to get our feedback and things like that on if we think this type of dress would sell our brides, like looking for this type of dress, like the style. And so we got some new dresses in that are, you know, pretty different than our normal collection. And I mean, we're the largest bridal store in Florida. So that's saying something. Anyway, there was this one dress that I saw and I don't know how to describe it. Like it wasn't anything like I thought I would want for what in whenever my wedding will be. But I just knew I saw it and I was like, I really want to try this on. So Monday I did that and (laughs) I'm pretty sure that that is going to be my wedding dress one day and I need it. Like even though I'm not engaged, like not, there's no, none of that is going on. I mean, I'm still in my relationship and everything, but you know, there's nothing to indicate that I need a wedding dress, 
besides the fact that I put that dress on and it fit like perfect. It's amazing. It's literally my dress. Like it's, I'm already told my boss that she needs to order it for me. If I don't end up wearing it to my wedding one day, I will wear it to an event or something. I will make it work. So that's actually a hilarious thing that happened to me recently as I unexpectedly found my wedding dress, which is even funnier because my mom purchased her wedding dress, like before she had even met my dad back in like the eighties. So it's just kind of funny following in her footsteps unexpectedly. And of course, like my friends were like, it's a sign. And you know what? I do feel like it's kind of a sign. And like I said, regardless, I'm going to get that dress. I need it. I need it. It is mine. So yeah, that's actually like hilarious in my eyes that I unexpectedly found my wedding dress. And you would think that it maybe would have happened sooner since I've been working at the bridal place almost like two years. But yeah, like I've tried things on because the owner likes to see the dresses on people. They look so different than in like the pictures and even like hanging just on a bag or even on a mannequin. So I've definitely tried on my fair share of gowns before and none of them have like caused this reaction, which I see this reaction with the brides that I deal with on a regular basis. So I usually know the like feelings and like the things that a bride's feeling when it's the one, like when the dress is the one. And it's so funny because I was feeling basically all those things. Like I didn't cry or anything, which is actually kind of weird because I can be kind of emotional, especially about like lovey-dovey romance stuff. But I guess because I'm not really like about to get married. It's not like I'm imagining me like actually walking down the aisle because I don't have these like details. So maybe that's why I didn't like get emotional in that sense. I just like saw it on me and was like, wow, like I need this. But so yeah, that's like a little funny story. Besides that, you know, just as always busy with work and everyday life. As far as my relationship, it's been fantastic as always. It's really weird, you know, having something so healthy and so good. Like I've never had this before and to this extent, and it's honestly very peaceful and relaxing and comforting. And again, like it's going to need its own episodes or its own whole season because it's just a whirlwind of a story and of an experience. So yes, that is good. Um, there's nothing that's really been bad. I I've been a little stressed out at times cause work's been really busy. And again, like I mentioned, May is going to be insane. So a little flustered here and there, but that's how life is. And yeah, so that's kind of a little update on me. Um, just for a little context of next month, I have a few dance competitions going on. Also making a quick trip to Mexico with my boyfriend for a conference. And then my parents will be in town. So yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be an eventful, an eventful month. And then gearing up for you know, some weddings in the fall. So trying to like prepare for that. Um, like I mentioned in the last episode, one of my friends from the squad is getting married and she just texted me actually about the bachelorette party in Vegas. So trying to make that happen too. And yeah, so just really excited 
about the year ahead. And let's jump in, though, to this week's episode before I blabber on forever. Okay, so this week's episode, you know, if you follow the Instagram and everything, is about crazy ex-girlfriends. And, you know, I don't really like the term crazy ex-girlfriend, honestly, because as a woman, you know, a lot of times we have the word crazy used against us to like make us feel bad and kind of like manipulate us in a way. And I mean, this can be used towards men too. Don't get me wrong. But however, do you hear crazy ex-girlfriend more or crazy ex-boyfriend? You still hear both. But I feel like as a woman, we're the one constantly getting crazy used against us as like this horrible thing. No one wants to come off crazy. You know, no one wants to be labeled crazy. So even though this episode will be about, quote, crazy ex-girlfriends, I just wanted to start by saying that, like, I don't really like that term because I know the, like, stigma it has and how it makes women feel, again, like, when it's used against me, I don't really take it personally. Honestly, um, I try to see things from a more logical perspective anyway. So if someone's like, you're being crazy, you know, I know within myself that I'm not, and that my feelings are valid and that, you know, that I am taking the like logical and respectful route instead of like, doing some things that do get labeled as crazy. And don't get me wrong, there are definitely women and people in general who do crazy things. Like that is a real thing. So I don't want it to also be like, you know, no one's crazy because people do drastic things that can be perceived as crazy for sure. And that I guess is where this episode is kind of going, you know, that I wanted to talk about that perspective of it is, you know, a lot of times women get labeled as crazy when they're not really doing anything crazy. They're just trying to, you know, like they're trying to, what's the word I want to use here? They're trying to tell the person they're with how they're feeling. And even if it's a little dramatic, or drastic or like, you know, intense, that doesn't necessarily mean it's crazy. However, if someone is literally doing crazy things to you, like keying your car or, you know, following you around or harassing your new partner or, you know, driving by your house, like, okay, those things are pretty crazy. So I do get where that kind of comes in. However, again, my whole thing with the word like crazy ex-girlfriend is that it's thrown around more often than it really should be. Like if someone is doing those things to you, that is, that is crazy behavior. Like, I'm not going to lie. It is too much. It is too far. And a lot of times like further actions need to be had for these incidents. However, if someone's just talking to you and even if it's a little bit more intense than you would like, if it's a little bit more dramatic, you know, verbally, not 
you know, physically or anything like that, then that's when, you know, the term like crazy ex-girlfriend can be more damaging to somebody than, you know, actually describing the situation. So I just wanted to start with that is that I don't really like the word crazy ex-girlfriend. However, I personally have dealt with someone's crazy ex-girlfriend. I would like to say I have never been the crazy ex-girlfriend because again, I like to look at things from a logical perspective. I like to treat people the way that I would like to be treated. So, you know, I'm not going to go like key some guy's car, even if he cheated on me, which if you've listened to the cheater, which is like basically the first episode, I had every right to be a crazy ex-girlfriend in my opinion, in that instance. And I still chose not to be because being the crazy ex-girlfriend doesn't really benefit you at all because there's a lot of becauses today. It doesn't benefit you because you are, you're temporarily getting what you want. It's not a long-term sustainable fix to your problem. So yeah, you might be really, really, really mad and you might want to go key his car. You might want to slash his tires. You might want to like harass his new girlfriend or, you know, vice versa or continue to harass him. And that literally gets you nowhere. You might feel good the instance that you do those things. However, long-term, they're not a sustainable fix. Do you think that someone wants to be with you after they keyed your car? Like I get you want to hurt somebody in order to have them feel the hurt that you are feeling, but that is not a mature response to the situation. It is not a way that is going to fix the situation. And honestly, I feel like you'll look back and you'll be like, almost maybe not ashamed, but upset that you allowed yourself to get to that point in order to do those things. Because we do a lot of things that we might not necessarily really deep in our soul want to do, but we're just so hurt and we're so upset that we do them anyway. And then once we've like healed and we look back on these instances, we're kind of like, wow, I really let my emotions get the best of me and do something that I really wish I hadn't done. And even if it's, I don't want to call it a regret, like, because I'm one of the people that I don't think you should regret anything in life. However, you look back when you're more mature and you are a little upset that you couldn't control yourself emotionally to prevent yourself from doing something out of anger or sadness or whatever it is that's driving you to do those things. And even though you're mature and you've grown as a person, it's hard to look back on the things that you've done that you wish you hadn't. And I know it's easier said than done. And a lot of times, and what you should ultimately do if you have done things that you are not very proud of in your past is use those feelings of, you know, remorse for doing those things to keep you on the path of being mature and, you know, 
responsible with your emotions because that is when you really quote one against the situation. So I guess this has kind of turned into like how not to be a crazy girlfriend slash boyfriend. But I mean, I think a lot of people need to hear these things if they're still a little emotionally underdeveloped because we've all been in that situation. I have definitely been emotionally underdeveloped for sure. But I have taken every situation that I have been in and learned from it, even if it's something little, even if it's a few dates with one person, there's something that you can be learned from every experience with a human being. And I fully believe that. So my kind of like main point for this is that yes, there are people who do crazy things and you know, you can't control other people. So say you're in a relationship and you're a little afraid or you're seeing signs that the person you're with could be on the verge of doing something a little quote crazy. You know, unfortunately you cannot control other people's actions. What you can do if you're on the other side of a crazy ex-girlfriend or boyfriend is, you know, take the time to potentially try to reach out to them and talk to them about it. I mean, it's not really your responsibility either to try to make somebody, you know, realize what they're potentially about to do. However, it does show that you care. Even if you're breaking up with somebody, even if they've done you wrong or you've done them wrong, you don't know how much just a genuine heart to heart with somebody can mean to them. And especially somebody who's a little bit emotionally unstable. Oftentimes they are the ones that need it the most. So I know it can be hard to be there for somebody who doesn't really necessarily deserve it. However, they do deserve it in some way and honestly probably need it the most because they are feeling such intense emotions that they feel like this is the only way that they can release those or feel better about them. And sometimes even reminding people that like, yeah, you might feel good like bashing out your ex-boyfriend's windshield for that moment, maybe for a day after. However, I can guarantee you, you will not feel better about it later on, especially if legally police get involved or things like that. Like, I mean, your consequences, like your actions have consequences. You can't do these things and not think that you won't have the repercussions for doing them, which is another reason that you need to kind of like step back and process your emotions in a way that is more healthy for you. I'm not saying like, don't go release your anger at the gym. Don't, I'm not saying like, don't go take like a kickboxing class. Those are actually amazing ways to release this like anger or hurt that you're feeling for a situation rather than going to, you know, slash some tires or stalk your ex-boyfriend's new girlfriend or anything like that, because that gets you nothing. A lot of times, 
ex crazy ex-girlfriends, their end goal is to be with that person again. And honestly, since, like I mentioned, I am never kind of partaken in crazy ex-girlfriend activities. So it's hard for me to understand why women feel like doing something drastic like that will get them what they want. Like, why do you think slashing his tires or stalking his new partner and like harassing them is going to give you the end result you want? Because you have to put yourself in their shoes. Like if they were doing those things to you, that is basically the last person you want to be with. Honestly, you do not want to be with somebody who's doing things like that. So again, I think it comes down to if you are a girl who's been burned and you're kind of having those crazy girl thoughts, we all get crazy girl thoughts, but we don't act on crazy girl thoughts. That is the key. Like everyone gets mad enough where they want to go bash someone's windshield out or slash somebody's tire. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. These, these feelings, they occur, but acting on them is what makes it different than, you know, just having those thoughts and you can prevent that. So the reason I keep bringing up like harassing someone's current partner is because that's my experience with a crazy ex-girlfriend. So when I first started dating the cheater, he had a crazy ex-girlfriend. And I mean, I kind of heard how crazy she was somewhat when we were all in high school because he was older than me. She was like a year older than me. And so like it was a small town. Everyone kind of knew about each other. And I mean, this girl skipped a grade just to be with him. And then they ended up breaking up and she already had some like crazy girl tendencies before she was a crazy ex-girlfriend. So it didn't really surprise me she acted this way. However, like being the person who had to deal with it along with the person I was dating was very much exhausting. So what had happened was when I guess she found out we were dating and everything, she of course started harassing me on the internet. I think it was like Facebook because this was like years ago. So it was Facebook messenger. She was like messaging me and like threatening me. She's like, I'm going to come beat you up and like blah, blah, blah. And again, like I took it with a grain of salt. I was like, whatever at first, like at first it was just like, okay, like I'm going to ignore this because she doesn't deserve even a response. Then, um, after me and him had hung out one night, we went to like a club or something and he had my ID. So we had to like meet up in our hometown and he had to give me my ID back of course. Cause you can't do much without your ID. Like you're not even supposed to drive with it. So, and I'm like someone who follows the rules. So I really wanted my ID back. And so we met up at like the parking lot of a grocery store and we, he gave me my ID back and we were talking and so all of a sudden he, while we're talking, he was just like, don't freak out. But I think that is my ex-girlfriend's car over there. And we look over and like, 
this car is like at the opposite end of the parking lot and like someone's in it. You can't really see cause it's far enough away, but like he knew it was her car. He knew what was going on and everything. And so that was kind of like the start of like the true craziness. Then after that, I guess he had like a conversation with her and was like, you really need to leave her alone, things like that. And that honestly kind of made it worse, to be honest. So then I'm getting more and more messages to the point where I'm like, maybe I can kind of scare her a little bit. So me and one of my friends were like going to the gym and we, you know, saw a police officer hanging out by this like building. And so we were just like kind of talking to him and we were like, I was telling him, you know, I was like, yeah, my boyfriend's ex-girlfriend is just like really harassing me, will not stop, like trying her absolute hardest, has like basically to some extent stalked him and I together. And then um, so he was like, well, I see your messages and things like that, but there's nothing like I can really do except maybe call her and tell her, you know, like if you keep this up, like legal things could happen to you. And so I was like, sure, why not? Maybe that'll, you know, end it forever. So he calls her and puts her on speakerphone and me, granted me and my friend are standing there so she could vouch for this. And he's, you know, giving her the spiel and he then, um, Then after he's like, you know, you could face legal, you know, actions and repercussions for doing this if you continue to do it. She literally tells the police officer, I shit you not. I'm sorry I said shit, but she tells the police officer on speakerphone, how long would I have to go to jail if I kept doing it to her? (laughs) If that is not crazy girl behavior, I have no idea what is. So After that conversation, you know, obviously the cop was like, if she keeps doing this, let us know. And I was like, okay. And it did stop for the most part. I think after that, she kind of focused more on trying to get him back and like contact him. And again, she said all this stuff online and was like acting like she was going to beat me up and things like that. And we actually went to the club again with a bunch of his friends and she was there And of course, all she did like in person was like, oh, hi, Nicole, like blah, blah, blah. You know, like the like fake mean girl, like doesn't back up her words in person type of thing. So that's when I was kind of like, okay, she's just like blowing smoke, whatever. The sad reality of it is I don't think she would have stopped except for the fact that she got pregnant by another guy. That sounds absolutely horrible, but this is the level of crazy that we were dealing with because this lasted months into mine and his relationship, like full-blown months. So again, I have never dealt with being a crazy ex-girlfriend personally, but that was my, you know, life dose of craziness That was enough to steer me into the never be a crazy girlfriend, ex-girlfriend ever because it got her absolutely nothing. She looked absolutely ridiculous. And I know she didn't feel better about what she was doing 
after the fact. Like she might've felt better at the time. She might've felt like it was going to work to get him back. However, it did not, it did not work out in her favor, obviously. And it didn't work out in mine, but that's fine. And I, like, she didn't even get cheated on. She got broken up with. Like if anyone needed an excuse to have crazy girl behavior, it was me being cheated on by my boyfriend and my best friend at the time. And I still didn't because I saw what she had done. And I was like, I never want anyone to have this like mental image of me in their mind. Even if I'm thinking crazy things, never going to happen for me. So that's just kind of like my personal experience with the crazy ex-girlfriend type of thing. So I think that just kind of reinforces everything I'd said up until this point about, you know, there are definitely more mature ways to deal with your anger, frustration, or hurt if you're in a situation like that. And I feel like acting on these like crazy thoughts never gets you really what you want. And it's understandable that you have these intense emotions and things like that. And you want to do these things in your mind. However, being a mature, just adult in general is not acting on every single urge you have. And so I think a lot of women need to realize that and they need to work on their emotional stability so that they don't feel like they need to do these crazy girl actions in order to get what they want. Because you won't have to do that to get what you really want and what you really need out of life. So that is my perspective on it. Next, we're going to get into your stories and opinions on crazy ex-girlfriends. Okay, so your experiences won't be too long because surprisingly, I didn't get a lot of responses on these questions. Either you guys are lucky enough to not have dealt with a crazy ex-girlfriend before or you just don't want to share your stories about it, which is totally fine as well. But the first question I asked is, what is your story of a crazy ex-girlfriend? And the first one was, oh, not an ex, but someone who I spoke to for about a week threatened to commit suicide. And so this person DM'd me and to follow up on the story to like give a little bit more information. So I will finish that out. They said, my dad was in and out of the hospital, which turned out to be seven stomach ulcers. I told this person that I won't really be texting her, let alone anyone else, because I'll be spending time with my family and I don't want to be distracted. Lo and behold, she took that ask for space as you think I'm ugly and don't want to talk. And she told me she wanted to kill herself. Then after cursing me out, I told her by she for even more furious I think this person meant she was even more furious and wishes my dad and me would die. So that was a fun conversation. So this (laughs) is probably like one of the worst situations I could think of. I mean, it personally bothers me when people wish death upon other people, when people threaten to commit suicide in order to manipulate people to get what they want. Those are like huge, huge deals to me um, because I have experienced someone in my life who passed away from suicide. It 
is a really touchy subject for me. And it really bothers me when people casually, and I say casually as in like, can just say things like this to people without like really feeling like it's a big deal because it's a huge deal. And this person who messaged me, you know, I told them I was so, so sorry that they even had to experience this situation. They were already going through such a huge thing with someone in their family. And then a person that they had only been talking for for a week is now threatening to kill themselves and wishes him and his family member to die. Like, I I can't think of a more insane situation. And I hope that <laughs> this person learned their mistakes and will never do this to someone else again. It doesn't make it right. However, it is extremely, extremely messed up to do this to somebody. And it really bothered me, obviously, for the reasons I just explained. But, you know, that is definitely, I wouldn't even call it crazy behavior because that's, to me, a level beyond that. Like, you do not say those things to people. And, like, people saying that they are going to kill themselves, I don't take that lightly. And so for someone to say things like that, and she could have meant it to some degree, which is still her telling him this to manipulate him and to make him feel bad. And like, if she did go through with it, God forbid, that is now on his conscience because she made it that way, which is another thing that I think is really wrong to put on somebody when especially it's a very short-lived experience dealing with each other. It stems from her own insecurities. I mean, it was just a week and like him asking for space for a reason that is understandably so. And just even the way he phrased the messages to me, I cannot see him being malicious about it. I mean, you know, I don't know her side of the story either, but I highly doubt it was something that he said that was so triggering to her that caused this super intense and dramatic and insane reaction. So I'm sorry, but I think you dealt with an insane woman. (laughs) Hopefully, like I said, she got the help she needed. But again, I apologize that you even had to deal with that in the first place because that is really not okay in my book. So yeah, that's what I have to say about that. The next was my most recent ex was ridiculous. And again, I got a DM to kind of explain. And they said, whenever we were in arguments, even when I came to an understanding, she would drag the argument on and on and ask me the same questions repeatedly to see if my answers change. Keep in mind, I said, after I came to an understanding. It's like she wanted to be mad at me for something. Then our relationship ended like this, having a conversation in the car about religion. And I said something along the lines of, well, that's another reason I wouldn't like it because I don't believe in God. I'm agnostic. And I told her this on the very first date. She then proceeded to yell and call me a liar and how I deceived her through our two-year relationship and how I'm such a terrible person. But it's funny because we had got into an argument early in our relationship because her parents were worried about me not being Catholic. I brought that up and she proceeded to get even more angry at me. Don't ignore red flags. So I think 
you know, that's definitely annoying to have to deal with. To some degree, I would maybe call it crazy, but honestly, it sounds more, and I, you know, get to deal with this kind of situation a little bit more than you would think, because of course I talk to like my friends about their problems and things like that too. And so, you know, sometimes these type of instances I deal with like my friends potentially having these like urges to, you know, continue a conversation over and over again and things like that. And kind of ignore certain details in order to still get what they want and try to act like they don't, they're not bothered by them or they, they're not that big of a deal until, you know, they get what they want and they realize, no, actually this is that big of a deal. I'm not sticking up for her. I'm not saying what she did is right at all because it's not. And it, it's hard for you to see these things at first as well, because like I said, you know, you said you told her on the first date, I'm sure she was like, okay, it's fine. And then, you know, maybe little things popped up. Like you said, like the argument early on because her parents were worried about you not being Catholic and things like that. Like little things will start to show up. And then, you know, like you mentioned too, if she's looking for a reason to be mad, bringing something up that you mentioned already and you made her fully aware of right off the bat and she's still getting mad about it. You know, some people have this internal trauma. And I mean, that's really what all of this stems from is like the person having internal conflict within themselves that they need to resolve. You can talk to a person until you're black and blue in the face, but nothing will go through their mind until they want to believe it. They want to take the actions and they want to make the change. So, you know, I do think she was looking for, you know, things to get into arguments or disagreements or like cause some type of rift between you guys. And sometimes people are addicted to that type of dynamic. Like they're addicted to like the emotional roller coaster of like things being good. And then they want to like have some drama in there, which like more people than not do those or like, you know, subconsciously want those things, even though they're not healthy really for us. And sometimes it's hard to break that like toxic emotional roller coaster that we're just used to being on until you find the person that gives you that peace and serenity. And that's why a lot of people, you know, choose to be in toxic relationships over healthy ones, because when you're in a healthy relationship, it's calm, it's easy. You don't have these like ups and downs, highs and lows. Like it's not this roller coaster that you're on. And so you have to get used to being on, you know, the tunnel of love rather than like, you know, a literal roller coaster with like flips and turns and drops and things like that. Because that's what those types of relationships are, like those highs and those lows. And like I mentioned, people get addicted to those and they don't know sometimes that they're doing that. Again, it doesn't make that right. However, people can get stuck in that cycle until they break it and they realize their toxic traits and things like that and deal with it on their own. So again, sorry you dealt with that because that is frustrating, but you got out of it and you can move on to something more healthy and you can notice the red flags too when they start popping up, which is good. Like I said, it's important to take you know, whatever thing you can learn from, from each relationship or encounter with somebody and use that in the future. All right. So those were literally the only two responses really. 
So moving on to the next question I asked was, what made you describe her as crazy? And no one answered that. So thank you guys. I was really curious to see what you guys would describe as quote crazy, but no one gave me any. So I guess we'll move on. Next, I asked, do you locate like crazy? So you've heard it before that, you know, especially with men, like they low-key like crazy because they low-key like the roller coasters and they low-key like the like highs and lows. And I mean, some people, again, I think just get used to that. They think that's how things have to be to some extent. And I personally, before now, could see where, you know, you look at a situation that is that emotional roller coaster and be like, well, maybe this is as good as it gets. Like maybe this is, you know, the kitty roller coaster and, you know, everyone just has their own kitty roller coaster. Nobody has the tunnel of love, really. They just act like it. And, you know, I'm just choosing the kitty roller coaster over the super intense roller coaster that I'll feel like I'm going to die on. So that's kind of where this question stemmed from. And honestly, like, I was a little surprised. I still don't know if people were 100% honest, but the results were 29% of people said yes, they low-key liked crazy. And 71% said no. So that was four people said yes, and 10 people said no. And I'm glad that some people, you know, were open and honest about it. I know it's not really like a thing that people want to admit that they low-key like crazy. And I think men too sometimes low-key like crazy for more intimate relationships and like connections, if you know what I'm saying. Like it makes for better ones of those if they're low-key a little crazy. However, I don't agree with that either. Um, because I think you can have a healthy relationship and still get that aspect that, like I said, most men, you know, are really looking for that more highly than women are. So I think that's why men can sometimes gravitate towards the crazy ones because they think they can benefit in the intimate situation. However, I think you can have the best of both worlds. And if you had asked me, before I was in the relationship I am now, I probably would have been like, you know, you do have to pick your baby roller coaster. However, I realize now that you can have the tunnel of love, the easygoing, the seemingly perfect relationship. And don't get me wrong. It's not always sunshine and rainbows, but it's healthy. It's, it's something that is good for you. You're benefiting from like, there's no really toxic aspect to it. So That's what I mean there. And next up, I said, how was dealing with a crazy ex? How? I meant to say, how has dealing with a crazy ex changed your relationships? And again, only one person answered. And it was the second story I just told you. And they said, it makes me approach certain situations and questions more carefully. If it's a topic of high importance to me or the other person, I make sure to 100% understand their wants and where they are coming from, as well as making sure they completely understand my views, communicate and understand before things get sticky. That is amazing. I am so glad that you basically already learned from that situation. Like I mentioned before, like as long as you're taking what you experienced and learning from it, and it definitely sounds like you did. And I know that like, I don't even know 
the full situation, but just from reading your responses and everything, I know that you will make sure to try to avoid a situation like that in the future. And that's really the key is like, you know, if you run into a situation that's similar like that, you kind of already know how it's going to play out. Like you have to kind of off the bat, make sure that you and that person are, like you said, a hundred percent on the same page. So it doesn't get sticky and messy further down the road. Even if they're like, oh yeah, like that's totally fine. Like still continuing that conversation maybe in different ways. So it doesn't sound repetitive and like you're beating a dead horse, but to really make sure that they understand that, you know, you mean it, you are not changing your views and they have to be okay with it. Like you are trying to just make sure that they are okay a hundred percent with what you, you know, are bringing to the table of, the things in your life that you don't want to compromise and you know, the right person, you won't have to compromise those things for, they'll be fine with it. They will support you. So congrats to you. You're definitely, you know, on the right track and you definitely learned from that situation. So that was your guys' experience. Again, not as many experiences as I would like to have, but I appreciate the people who did respond and who told me their stories. Cause I know it's not easy to, you know, talk about, you know, the sticky situations in relationships and everything like that. But again, I appreciate it. So let's wrap up with some final thoughts. All right, guys. So I don't want to, you know, talk in a circle, but just to kind of wrap up the important things in this episode and for women or anyone who feels like they have those crazy, you know, tendencies or thoughts that they want to act on, you know, before you act on those kind of reflect inward, kind of put yourself in the situation where you've already done those things and how you're going to feel about it afterwards before you even do it. Because most of the time you'll think about it and you'll realize there's no real benefit to doing this crazy thing. There's no real benefit to, you know, keying someone's car. There's no real benefit to stalking somebody's new partner. There's no real benefit to, you know, trying to do these like evil mean things to try to get somebody back or to try to like, you know, make them feel the pain that you felt because you can't force anybody to feel those things. And no one can force you to do the inner work to become a more emotionally mature person so that you don't act on these feelings that you have because everyone has these extreme feelings deep down. It's the people who know how to control them, who know how to, you know, work through those thoughts because you can't just not have them. Like everyone deals with instances that make them feel a certain way and that, you know, ignite this feeling inside of them. It's up to them and only them to dig inside and to work through those in a healthy way where, you know, it's going to benefit you and make you the bigger person and help you grow into a better person as well. So that's what I want to say in that aspect for the people who have dealt with a crazy ex Try your hardest not to put people in boxes because of a crazy ex experience. And I'm not saying that you will, but sometimes, you know, we deal with crazy exes and we're kind of like 
cautious and, you know, kind of maybe a little bit more guarded because of it, which is in a way a good thing. Because like we talked about in the last segment, you don't want to not learn from that experience. You want to notice red flags before they happen. You want to notice this, quote, crazy behavior before you're in too deep and it's harder to deal with and it might get a little more extreme. So, you know, there is some benefit in being a little bit more guarded and a little more cautious. However, you know, if you jump straight into assuming the next person you date is going to act like your crazy ex, you're going to push someone away. You're going to, you know, potentially hurt this other person for no reason because they don't deserve it. And, you know, you could ruin something that would have been really good for you. So try not to, you know, be so extreme with guarding yourself that you automatically assume you're going to be treated the exact same way. And I know that it's easier said than done sometimes, even from personal experience. I mean, like after the cheater, do you know how long it took me to trust somebody? It might even have been like a year or two ago. And like that happened years and years ago. So, you know, take it from somebody who has been there too. You know, you can't put everyone in the same box as someone that hurt you. Now, was I like smarter about the time it took to trust somebody or, you know, the extent I trusted somebody. Sure. However, like you cannot put somebody in a box who doesn't belong in the box. Now, if they start acting like, you know, you can't trust them or they're potentially going to do something crazy or, you know, actually crazy, not quote crazy by just like talking about their feelings and maybe being a little intense about them. That is not crazy. Like we talked about in the, you know, beginning segments, you know, actual crazy behavior, you know, you will notice that when it starts to show up. So then you can, you know, excuse yourself from the relationship, you know, break it off easier end it before it gets a little too far and things intensify, but don't, automatically put people in the box until they give you a reason to be in that box with a crazy ex or, you know, not trusting somebody or, you know, things like that. So I'll keep it short and sweet with that. I think we hit on a lot of good points and I hope you guys really enjoyed this week's episode. And again, I know next month is going to be a little crazy. So forgive me if it's not on the normal schedule, but I will see you guys on a thirsty Thursday, drink one for me because I'm still not drinking after the leg breaking incident. Yeah. Um, it's just better for me this way. So yeah, drink, drink some for me because I'm good. I'm good. You guys have a good one and I will see you next time.